Hi guys! Welcome back to Who Be The Heroes. My name is Elizabeth, and today we will be discussing whether or not Agamemnon is really a hero. The concept of what a hero is is something that I honestly really struggled with when we started to read both the Iliad and the Odyssey. At the time, I had built this perception in my head of what exactly a hero was, but this was based on the modern idea of what a hero is. In the first episode, we sat down to discuss what a hero is and how the idea of a hero has changed over time. I find that defining a hero is really difficult because there's really no established worldview on what a hero is. It changes from time to time, from place to place, and you really have to look at, in, look at it in context with the values and everything that are important in society today or at whatever time you're looking at it in. The idea of a hero is something that has obviously developed over time, and the definition of what exactly a hero is varies. A typical Greek hero, we've decided, is an individual who shows uh, some sort of extraordinary characteristics and specific strengths that make them stand out from other individuals. For the Greeks, this was typically battle skills or strength, because those were very important values in Greek culture. They were also often either descended from the gods or received significant assistance from the gods in whatever they were trying to do. They had godly influence around them. They often also had a major flaw that they had to overcome in order to be a hero of their story. While the concept of a hero is an idea that has stood the test of time, it is difficult to determine who exactly the heroes are in a story. Looking at it from different perspectives, it is nearly impossible to figure out who the hero is. Of course, people can have opinions, but there really isn't a concise agreement on what the individual hero in a story is because they are all flawed. None of them are perfect. If we look at the Greeks and the Trojans in the Iliad, the heroes differ based on what side you look at it from, which is something that I mentioned in the first episode of our podcast. For the Trojans, Hector is going to be the main hero. He's the most skilled fighter defending Troy against the invading Greeks. So for the Trojans, Hector is their big war hero. Individuals that would support the Greeks would see it differently. It would likely probably identify Achilles as the hero that comes to save the day. He comes in from being set aside, and he comes in and he helps them overtake the Trojans and kills Hector, who for the Greeks is the um, bad guy, I guess you would say. Godly influence also impacts who is the hero of the story. A person who receives significant assistance from the god is more likely to be a hero because their strength and their skill would increase on the field of battle. You can see this with Diomedes. He really isn't considered a major hero until he receives assistance from Athena and is able to overcome Trojans on the battlefield and really make a name for himself on the field of war. I feel like the idea of a Greek hero doesn't necessarily match with what a true hero is in our contemporary view. An article that I mentioned in the first episode by Nicole Falkenheyer really lays out what we can see today as a modern hero. She says that a hero often is someone that the audience will get a strong attachment to. And that's why we really don't get that many heroes in Greek literature. Personally, I didn't really get attached to any of the characters. Surely, I found myself rooting on specific characters, but I really didn't have an attachment to the characters. This can be a good and a bad thing. It's good because I was able to almost remain a more, I was able to remain with a more objective view on the characters and the story as a whole. It prevented me from being blind to the individual's actions or characteristics, which made it easier to analyze the characters, like we're doing this podcast. However, I felt like the lack of attachment could be difficult because it makes it harder to connect with the story. 
This is why I felt that the heroes were so difficult to define and why I really don't think there are that many, if any, true heroes in the Iliad or the Odyssey. For this episode of the podcast, I decided to focus on Agamemnon, because he is a major character in the Iliad, but it is difficult to define him as a true hero, and most contemporary writers really don't see him as being a true hero. Looking at individuals who are not heroes is just as important as looking at those that are heroes, because the comparison makes the characteristics of a hero more clear. It also shows what characteristics a hero may may share with a typical person, and it can make the the hero appear more human, rather than some figure that we can't seem to reach and we just want to be them. We often put people who we see as heroes on a pedestal where they can do no wrong. But this is a dangerous way to look at people, and we have to remember that heroes are still human. Granted, we have the superheroes where they may not be human, but a modern-day hero that we look at in the context of our everyday lives are still human. People we look up to are human, and we need to remember that. I feel like we are less likely to idealize a person from Greek mythology because we don't know if they really existed, how they really acted. And honestly, majority of people today don't share with the mythologies and values emphasized in a classical Greek literature. We don't put all of our stakes in war and you have to go to war if you want to be successful in life. That's not something that we do. Obviously, we have values that are different and most people don't subscribe to the idea of even having the Greek gods exist. That's a very ancient theory to a lot of modern people. Granted, some people still look up to the gods and everything like that, but it's just not something most people today subscribe to. Despite this, many traditional Greek heroes have characteristics that we idolize and we want to show in ourselves. Normally, courage, strength, skills, leadership, etc. This may blind us to some of the more negative characteristics that individuals show in the literature. That's why I chose to focus on Agamemnon. I find that he's a strong character and has admirable traits, but he does have a significant number of negative traits, which decreases his ability to be a true hero in his story. I also decided to take this podcast to to compare him to other heroes in the story, just to show that just because they're considered to be heroes by a lot of people today, doesn't necessarily mean that they're so much better than other characters. Agamemnon is a main character in Homer's Iliad and plays a major role in the Trojan War. He's the brother of Menelaus, who's the husband of Helen, and the king of Mycenae. He is often remembered as being the leader in the Greek army and a great warrior, but he has tendencies to be selfish, rude, arrogant, and foolish. An article from the Hellenistic, the Center of Hellenistic Study at Harvard University writes an article that outlines traditional characteristics of Agamemnon in both the Iliad and the Odyssey. For this, I focus mostly on what they said about Agamemnon in the Iliad because I feel like he plays a greater role in the Iliad. I think these characteristics help to show the problems with Agamemnon, his leadership, and what prevents him from being considered a hero by most people today. His selfishness is a big thing and it's first apparent in book one of the Iliad where he threatens to steal Achilles' prize, the Lady Brias, from him. He does this in response to being forced to return his own prize Croesus, because her father was a priest of Apollo and had prayed to Apollo for his return. Apollo had responded to this request by raining down a very large plague upon the Greek army, which was causing a lot of death. Agamemnon is the leader of this army, yet he refuses to return the girl until he is given compensation, 
despite the facts that his troops are dying. His selfishness is kind of apparent in this scene because of his lack of will to do something out of kindness to help his fellow soldiers. At the same time, Agamemnon is attempting to emphasize his superiority over Achilles. I think that Agamemnon may feel some sort of um, inferiority to Achilles because Achilles is the strongest warrior that the Greeks have. He is very much considered a hero to the Greeks and today. But Agamemnon is the king, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to show control over the rest of the army, and to emphasize his superiority in that way. It's a foolish way to think, because it emphasizes the divide between the soldiers and the leader. Rather than working together, trying to find a solution that could benefit both of them, what Agamemnon says goes, and that can create a rift in the army, which it clearly does. The argument between Agamemnon and Achilles also brings up another classic trait that we see among Greek heroes, the idea of honor, and that one wants to preserve their honor. By being forced to return the woman that he thought he had won fair and square, Agamemnon feels that his honor has been questioned and is willing to do whatever is necessary to regain that honor and status that he's used to having. As a king, he's like he's expected to be held above everyone else, and as a leader, he's expected to be looking up to. So this slight of being forced to return this woman that he had won while other people get to keep their prizes and their women is something that he would not be used to seeing. By demanding that Achilles give up his prize, Agamemnon has turned around and hurt Achilles' pride, both with the demand and by insulting his honor specifically. This ends with Achilles leaving Agamemnon and taking his prize. However, Agamemnon is somewhat redeemed in Book 9 when he sends the embassy to Achilles to beg him to come back. Agamemnon realizes that this is what's best for the Greek army, and if Achilles returns the fight, the Greeks will be able to win. Achilles does refuse to return and help the Greeks, as he still has a grudge against Agamemnon. But Agamemnon is taking the high road in this book, and displays characteristics that we often associate with heroes, including selflessness. However, he did come to this idea because he was weeping and crying about his skills as a leader and he was considering giving up. So it's difficult to determine what exactly his motivations were. Nevertheless, he did technically take the high road and invite Achilles back for the good of the Greek army, which is very heroic. Gregory Nagy makes a good point in his book, The Ancient Greek Hero in 24 Hours, about Homer makes a clear distinction between Agamemnon's inferiority as a hero and his social superiority as a king and a leader in Hour 16. Homer gives Agamemnon very emphasized flaws in comparison to other characters in his poems. But clearly, Agamemnon is not the only one to have a problem with his wound being taken and displaying some unheroic characteristics as a result. Because Achilles does the same thing. Achilles is widely known as one of the greatest Greek heroes, yet he exhibits these selfish acts when Brias is taken from him. This is why I feel like it is difficult to determine whether or not someone is truly a hero. They all have flaws. I mean, Menelaus and Paris do the exact same thing. The two of them are fighting over Helen and end up causing the Trojan War. Agamemnon's foolishness really comes around in Book 2 of the Iliad. Zeus sends Agamemnon a fake dream in which Nestor appears and tells him how to beat the Trojans. This immediately causes Agamemnon to want to set sail for Troy, but first he wants to test the army by saying that they're going home. I feel like this act is foolish because obviously when he tells the troops that they're going home, they're going to be overjoyed and it's ridiculous to think otherwise. They've been away from home for so long, almost nine years, 
So I don't blame them for wanting to go home. The other problem with this is that it could cause the soldiers to resent Agamemnon for testing them like that and make them question his truthfulness. It puts a distrust in Agamemnon as a leader and emphasizes how out of touch he is with the reality of the situation at hand. To tell your soldiers a lie about going home only to turn around and tell them that they're going to Troy to fight and they may die as a result is a foolish mistake that could have had costly outcomes. Who's to say that the other soldiers didn't see their big warrior Achilles leave and want to do the exact same thing after being lied to by their leader? Of course, all leaders make foolish decisions, but this one could have been extremely costly and really emphasizes that Agamemnon may not be considered a true hero because he's not one because he's not one with the needs and concerns of the people around him, though most Greek heroes aren't. In contrast, Hector is the one who stays outside the gates in Book 22 after the rest of his army has fled inside because he felt that it was his mistake that was costly to the Trojans, and he should be the one to pay for it. It's less thoughtless than what Agamemnon does in Book 2. Pura Nieto Hernandez published an article called Odysseus, Agamemnon, and Apollo, which looks at the differences between Odysseus and Agamemnon's characteristics and how they interact with Apollo, the god, and Apollo's priests. One thing that Hernandez mentions at the beginning of the article is something that I've seen in several other articles that I came across while researching for this podcast. He really emphasizes the homecoming that Odysseus had versus what happened to Agamemnon when he returned from war. The poem The Odyssey focuses on Odysseus's journey home and what happens when he returns, specifically regarding the suitors that have taken over Ithaca since he left. Obviously, Odysseus is not welcome home with open arms because of the suitors, but his family, Penelope and Telemachus, are willing and welcoming to him, and Telemachus even helps him defeat the suitors. Agamemnon, on the other hand, is murdered by his wife and her lover. Not exactly a very heroic return for someone who just helped conquer Troy. It is also not a very heroic death, either. He did not die in battle or die of protecting anyone, or even die of old age after a very successful life in combat. He's killed by his wife, who doesn't want to be with him anymore. It's a sad death, especially after he had successfully survived the Trojan War, when so many others didn't. Compared to the deaths of other heroes that were big and major characters in the Iliad, it holds little water. Achilles famously dies after getting shot in his one weak spot during battle. Ajax kills himself after a fight with Odysseus. Granted, Ajax's deaths may have not been honorable, but honestly, it's still more memorable than Agamemnon's. Of course, the big thing with Greek literature is, we don't really know if these people were real or not. But if they aren't, his lack of heroic status was really emphasized by Homer. Out of all of the deaths he could have given Agamemnon, he chose death via treacherous wife. The last major point that I want to focus on is why Agamemnon could be considered a hero. I've spent a significant amount of this podcast explaining what makes Agamemnon a bad hero and pointing out all of his flaws, but I don't necessarily think that this is always the case. Agamemnon obviously has some redeeming characteristics that make him heroic. His skills in battle, his bravery, and his willingness to, eventually, listen to those around him. He takes advice from Diomedes, Nestor, and Odysseus at several points in the story and makes decisions based on those that are good for the benefit of the army and Greece. Granted, they're also good for him, but they're not just based for him. Agamemnon also receives little to no godly help in the Iliad, which is something that most heroes receive. He does what he is able to do without godly help, and I think that this should elevate his status as a hero. He doesn't have a god specifically guiding him like Aphrodite or Athena 
or Apollo. So he is bound to make more mistakes, but that also makes him more of a human hero. It emphasizes his humanity. Every hero has their flaws. And that's something we talked about in the first podcast, and I've continued to emphasize in this one. Achilles has anger issues due to his menace, and he was extremely prideful to the point where he quit fighting despite the fact that the Greeks couldn't succeed without him. And he knew that. He had a reputation in Greece as the greatest well, the greatest warrior, the greatest at everything. But he decided to leave because he was upset with Agamemnon. Obviously, Agamemnon shouldn't have insulted his honor in the way that he did. But, uh, I, but Achilles threw it right back. Achilles also insulted Agamemnon, and it's important that we don't forget that. And the only reason that Achilles returned is because Patroclus was killed. He didn't return because he thought that the Greeks needed his help or that the Greeks could, should and could win. Because he makes it clear when the embassy visits him that he doesn't that he knows the Greeks can't win without him and he doesn't care. The only reason he returned is because of his own personal vendetta. I don't think that Agamemnon is the definition of a perfect hero, but there's no such thing. Hector has a tendency to be overly confident in his skills, which eventually causes his death. Agamemnon does not do this, and he realizes and he has this idea where he knows that he's not the best, which I think also elevates his status of a hero because he's he knows his mortality. Granted, he doesn't always go about it in the best way, and he doesn't always act the right way, but he knows his mortality, and he says throughout the book that he's not the best leader. He does it to receive sympathy, but still, at least he's aware of it. All heroes have major flaws, and none of them should be looked up to as a role model or a model for how to live one's life. Because we really don't know anything about these people at all. And all we have are ancient accounts. We don't even know if they existed. And it's important to realize that we don't know if these people existed, so therefore we can't look up to them. Because there is no perfect or best Greek hero. I feel like Agamemnon is a really good mortal hero because despite the facts that he made throughout his life, he's able to do what he did throughout the Iliad and before with little to no godly assistance. And even if he made its mistakes at first, he did try to correct them. Homer's writing has a lot to do with the way we perceive characters, and I feel like Homer didn't really emphasize good characteristics about Agamemnon the way he did other characters. Homer really didn't focus on Agamemnon at all, which is another reason people don't really look at Agamemnon when they're thinking about heroes. I found that Agamemnon was a really supportive character who played a major role in the outcome of the war. Just because he's not perfect and has a lot of flaws, makes bad decisions, and isn't considered to be an ancient Greek hero, doesn't mean that he's not worthy about the title. And another reason that I feel like people don't look at Agamemnon when they're thinking about a hero is because he doesn't fit the modern-day interpretation of what a hero is. Yes, he plays a major part in the story, but he's not really emphasized for his fighting, which is another aspect that is important in looking at a Greek hero, which is going to translate to modern day. We look at things through this lens of the past. So we're going to look at things that the Greeks felt were important to determine who we think the heroes are. And if we don't see those exact same characteristics, we're not going to really focus on that individual. He may not be a modern hero, and he may not show how much of a hero he really is, but he's very supportive, and he's willing to do what it takes to get things done, even if he needs some help and assistance from the people around him all around the way. 
He may not be this modern hero that we would expect, but he definitely is a Greek hero. That's about all I have. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope that you will continue to listen to the ones in the future and will enjoy our debate about who really is a hero and what it means to be a hero. Thanks!